0: All right, everyone. Hello and welcome to another episode of VR Download. In case you're new here, each week we meet in virtual reality using the latest technologies to discuss the next generation of personal computing. I am your bespectacled host today, Kyle Reasonbeck, filling in for Ian Hamilton, who is usually hosting. I'm joined by my colleague, Ian Hamilton, who is filling in for David Heaney, uh, who uh, is doing some other stuff. Um, Yeah, and we're here in our very own proprietary Upload Virtual Studios. We're broadcasting live on YouTube, so feel free to post comments and questions during the show, and uh, we will respond to them appropriately. VR Download is also syndicated to all podcast platforms. And if you like this type of quality programming to continue – we need your support by liking, subscribing, and sharing upload content. So, hello, Ian. How are you doing today, sir?
1: I am good. I'm still recovering from uh, three weeks or four weeks of just uh, nonstop travel and then uh, nonstop news. It's been uh, quite an extraordinary period for me, uh, both, both personally and professionally, I suppose. Uh, it's just been nonstop uh, stuff going on.
0: Yeah, no, it's uh, it has been an exciting couple weeks news and travel and chaos. And it's isn't it exciting, folks? Isn't it exciting to see the industry that you love so dearly to become so uh, topical in, in in what I would consider to be mainstream Media, I mean we've had some uh, a lot of chatter uh you know you throw apple in the ring as a contender and uh woo, woo, woo. <laughs> Yeah,
1: it's really cool i saw I saw we've got a couple of people in our comments in Colorado. I love seeing when when we've got people like I like when people call out where they're from or where they're watching us from, and I saw we've got two people in Colorado, Alyssa, who's a regular viewer and someone else there, and then I noticed we've got Gay Godin in our comments. he was in the comments, I think on. What was it, the between realities uh show that I did and I, I saw him in That's there. Right. So it's cool to have Guy God the creator of Virtual Desktop out there watching us today. I apologize to everyone who has been we actually had more people sort of like, when are you coming back? At like than I expected, right? P- people have been wanting wanting the show, wondering where it is. Really cool to finally get back in here. And we it's gonna be a bummer because we still don't have the TV fixed. We still need David Heaney to uh, get through the last few things there but he did tease to us that there's some changes to the meta sdk that mm. could bring us some significant new features in this studio in the next few weeks some some features our audience has been wondering about asking us about for a long time and uh well i don't want to i don't wanna, i'm going to tease that just i'm not going to give any more details but could be likely that in the coming weeks we could have something quite a bit new in here.
0: Yeah, and I, and I like uh I like those features um and I also like the uh, other type of features that he's talking about which I think will be uh pretty handy as well. Uh wow. Um you know, I asked you Ian, you know, what what are we going to talk about in this episode and honestly, I mean, there's two pretty big stories. To discuss, and uh, one of them is very near and dear to your heart. Uh, it's uh, it's been uh, a lot of uh, controlled chaos in, in your world over all of this. Um, do do you want to do Do you want to start there? Oh yeah, all right. Take, so we're, take we're... A, take a bite of the big the big apple.
1: <laughs> uh, so it, there's there's two companies worth talking about in VR right now right there's there's obviously a lot of other players to consider uh there's there's other you know efforts that we imagine are going to be sort of uh back at it fairly soon like we we would imagine google to re-enter the space we just ran a headline uh yesterday about microsoft taking a wait-and-see approach to vr still even today and uh you know, we're hopeful that those those companies come back and and really try again and um, do something, <laughs> do something, right? <laughs> uh, but like it's it's Meta and Apple's game right now. Until uh, you know, at least in standalone VR, right? Sony's still doing its thing over on PSVR two, with a lot of gamers over there, pretty happy with what they're doing, uh, with, with what Sony's doing. But when it comes to standalone sort of embracing VR as as a personal computing platform, a thing that stands on its own and doesn't need an external computing device or like a, like, it's, I, I hate using the term standalone even when we talk about what Apple is, because yes, Apple is still got that battery external, right? It's still a battery pack that you plug into the device and that's what gets you into like a, like a reasonable weight up on the headset and le- allows them to put all these extra things in there. I loved your, uh, I loved you calling it controlled chaos, right? It really has felt <laughs> like controlled chaos here over the last couple yeah. weeks with everything that's going on. Um, it's funny. I want to. I feel like talking about the meta thing first, almost. Oh, just really? because. Well, I, I don't know, because I know so many people are going to have. Uh, a lot of questions about no we'll go to apple first it's fine all right
0: let's let's before we do anything i do want to i do want to jump in here and address uh bro science is saying are they doing the podcast from inside meta horizon worlds no this is our own proprietary upload virtual studios this was designed by david heaney for the purposes of broadcasting from our studio out to all of you wonderful viewers and um no i mean uh we 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 are using a lot of the base uh meta sdk and architecture and things like that but no this whole the whole back end and our uh you know our tablets here that help us uh you know communicate with you and see our notes and whatnot um, and obviously Stevie, uh, the TV has been taking a, a very, very long vacation. Uh, so we don't have, we don't have that, but, uh, yeah, this is, this is ours. We, we've designed this. It's actually on app lab, um, which I don't know if that's public knowledge or not, but that's how we have it on our headsets. I'm using my, um, uh, meta pro Ian. Are you, I'm, I'm in a
1: MetaQuest pro as well. Yeah. I've got the, yeah. I've got the little, um, wind guard little fuzzy wind guards that you mm-hmm. have on certain microphones right on right on top of the microphones here to try to improve the audio quality yeah and i and, still uh, have yes,
0: uh, and i still we're have not using
1: band-aids we're, <laughs> we're not using face and i we're not using face and eye tracking right now so uh for the people that always we get this question a lot and we always like recapping it for people because if you've come into this show for the first time it's weird right it's it's a lot to take in These like animated people like it's it's still pretty uncommon to have finger tracking right these these look like human hands because of how they're animated right like like they're lively and so like it's it's a lot to take in this cartoonish sort of image. While also hearing a real voice and having us being like do a serious discussion most of the time until you join. Um, Yeah, well, that's true. (laughs) I'll tell you. you. (laughs) Honestly, Ian,
0: I think I'd rather you look like this character whenever we're together in real person. I'm like, oh. Oh, I wish Ian
1: <laughs> looked like this. It was funny. Like I did the Between Realities podcast and all these people are like, he looks old. Or like he looks <laughs> like the, the the avatar takes 10 years off him. And it's like, yeah, thanks. Thanks or for more, that. Yeah. I think <laughs> Dan, It was a Daniel making that comment. <laughs> thanks, Daniel. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 I love I'm seeing we do have a global audience out there today. I saw Scotland, UK. Uh, yeah. Keep chiming off uh, Canada. Keep chiming off with where you're watching us from today. Barcelona um San Diego Santa Barbara New York uh I will be I will be in New York very soon I'm I'm heading there uh within a week or two and well, uh, that got might be my of, new um yeah base of yeah, operations a lot, lot of people from different
0: santas that's uh, that's such a gift thanks for coming and watching <laughs> That's my dad yeah, joke. So, yeah.
1: so where do you want to start on Apple, to be honest? Like, where, well, where should we go with that? There's a lot to cover. Jeez.
0: You, you almost have me convinced that we should do the meta thing first now, uh, just because I can kind of see the the obvious transition into apple from the meta conversation so I, I guess i guess let's do that i'm sorry to all of you folks who are like ah i want to hear apple first but we'll get to it we'll get to it so uh meta switched their guidelines i guess it is the health and safety guidelines for the quest two and the quest three to go from the minimum age of 13 to the minimum age being now 10 and um, you know, just for uh a, a a little bit of uh framing here, I have a small anecdote. And I'm sure I've I've told this story before, but I want to tell the audience. So uh I believe it was I want to say it was either Connect One or Connect Two. I was at an a at, at the time it was an Oculus uh, uh slash Facebook, I guess by that time it was. Um Uh, sponsored after event so everybody's drinking and having a good time and kind of schmoozing and hobnobbing and moving from group to group and i find myself and i'm gonna you know uh remove all names from this story to protect the innocent but well innocent anyway uh i go over and i'm sitting in a circle drinking with uh about three or four people and one of the folks was an Oculus executive, an OG Oculus executive. And um, one of the other ones, uh, which I didn't know at the time, was one of their lawyers. Now, uh, we're sitting there and we're talking and I'm sitting there holding my gin and tonic, and which is my drink of choice at these things. And I'm talking about how much, you know, the whole family loves the headsets. The whole family is, you know, really keen on this. And I said, you know, and one time I took a headset to a family family uh, gathering and I'm all the kids lined up and they're all trying out the headset. And and the lawyer goes, uh, uh, you mean they were at least 13 and I went, uh, oh! Oh! Right! 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 Full disclosure: They were not. Uh, they were not. And so, if that makes me a naughty person, so be it. But uh, they were very adamant about this thirteen. So much, in fact, that the legal person was like, "No! No! No! I don't hear it. I don't hear it." It's they were at least thirteen. Uh, I've written blogs about it myself in the past, and and I and I think it's intriguing how uh, insistent they were that the thirteen. And I don't know, Ian. What, what what are your thoughts on that original concept of thirteen being the the the, the starting point for where it should be for this for these? Yeah, headsets?
1: Uh, it's it's you're you're replacing a person's reality, and you know, I, I what I always think back on is going to the first Oculus Connect event, and the very first session was uh, some some cognitive researcher at meta um or at facebook at the time and they they basically did this presentation for an hour to kick off the very first oculus connect event and i remember john carmack is in the audience of this very first session of the their very first conference and the room is packed to the walls everyone is just everyone at this conference is now packed into this room and the takeaway i can remember from that that session was we actually don't really have a good understanding of how thinking works. Like we we don't we don't have a good understanding of how the mind processes information. And that was you go to the session with like the the smartest minds in the world. They're they're paid ridiculous amounts of money for their expertise and their education, and they're telling you, uh, and, and you're and you're like devoted to this technology and thinking that this is the future and they're saying we don't have a clue. We don't have a clue how the how the brain really functions uh at at really fundamental levels. And that's extremely terrifying to think of uh young brains processing information in that way, right? Um now I say that as a father, as a dad and um, you know, you bring this amazing technology home and you're looking at virtual worlds that are just, you know, you're you're like in awe of of this stuff and like screaming and, and, and like laughing in front of your family. And they're like, it starts almost immediately. like they want to go in, they see this reaction, they want to try and they just keep asking. I can't I can't blame any parents out there who let their kids go in to VR even though the guidelines like say not to like, it's if it's good enough for me, it's good enough for them is a pretty obvious, like logical step for a lot of people to make. And you know, it's, it's a very, very but at the same time, it's this very, very scary thing, right? Like, sure. uh, um. so I, I don't know. It's, it's, and I'm seeing it in our comments, people talking about the squeakers and this joke that like, oh yeah, now it's official. Like, right. It's, 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 th- th- kids as young as like seven five years old like you 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 go in there and you hear these young voices uh screaming in rec room or yelling in rec room and you think really like you're really like unsupervised going into vr for that length of time with strangers like that's that's a terrifying extreme on on like the like the accessibility thing like my kids when they go into vr when i when i let them go into vr i'm there i'm i'm watching them i'm helping them through it's a pretty standard sort of safety mechanism i can't imagine and then it's that's in solo vr right i'm not giving them access to just unrestricted uh online play with other people that's that's a whole nother level of terrifying so this is all just like and And then remember, yeah, I'm seeing people in our comments. Remember, Google did the cardboards, and they actually pushed cardboard really hard for a little while into schools so mm-hmm. that kids are you know doing Google expeditions um in schools. and I'm thinking of just how terrible an experience that is for motion sickness, right? like you're you're it's it, you're only looking through the headset for maybe ten seconds to be fair, but it's still a three sixty video with an unsupervised sort of situation. And I don't know, it's, well, there's a lot of, lot of things going on there.
0: So so there are platforms though, that are, uh, trying to en- engage, uh, classrooms, uh, like engage, uh, Engage is a company that provides educational, uh, material and resources in, in virtual, uh, spaces. And, uh, you know, it, I don't know Ian, if you you are familiar with uh, the see and I don't know whether this falls into rumor mill or you know uh, urban legend type of area, but I still feel like I need to bring it up because I think that some of the decisions around the age of thirteen are based in a research uh, project that was done by Sega. Are you familiar with this story, Ian?
1: I've heard the story, but I'd love to verify it, right? I'd like to go find the research, uh, find the people who did that, tested it out. And and you're talking about about 90s, like a basis in the 90s, right? You're you're saying that this whole restriction started with something in the 90s. I'd like to verify that whole thing. And, of course, you've got lawyers, you know, some of the best paid lawyers in the world probably Mm -hmm. at Meta sort of. Setting these guidelines and setting these rules, and you've got like the thing that always gets me about Meta and Facebook is they're a global corporation with different rules in every country they operate. There's there's a lot of things at play here. I think the thing that, that the takeaway that I want to like just leave people with is uh, some of the the facts here. Right? Like uh, this is supposed to take place later this year. It's going to be um, applicable to both Quest two and Quest three. And then as David Heaney pointed out, Quest 2 is a very heavy device. And so just aside from the whole question of eye development and IPD uh, separation, whether that's in line with, with uh, what kids what's appropriate for children, um, it's just a very, very heavy device to be putting on a kid's face for uh, any amount of time. And then, sure. of course, Quest 3, though, is going to be a much slimmer overall design. Um, it's, it's probably going to weigh on the front of the face a little bit less because of how it's uh, set up. Um, and, yeah, I'm seeing the various com- very recent comment from Birdie. It could be a wonderful educational tool, but no one is interested. Uh, it, it. Mm. Titans of Space. Is my cornerstone VR experience. I I adore it. Uh, uh, Drash out there, uh, is a creator of Titans of Space. This app, if you haven't experienced it, go find it on the Quest Store. It's um it's a tour of the solar system and then a tour of the stars, and all it basically does is use scale in in one of the best ways I've ever seen in VR. Right? Sure. It will. Right there's if you go get a book you can go get a book at any bookstore uh in the world and there will be a book that will try to show you the scale of the stars versus the scale of the planets and what they'll do is like on the left page there'll be here's earth at about this size and then over on the right page on the right hand side of the right page they'll show the sun and the sun they'll only be able to fit this little like half quarter of a sphere Off, like cut off on the page because the size of the sun is so much larger than any of the planets in our solar system and that's that's the closest you can come in a book 2d form to expressing the size of the universe but you go into titans of space and you have the earth floating in front of you at scale and then you have the moon orbiting it at its scale and you get a sense of how big the moon is actually relative to the earth and then you look to your right and there's the sun and it's the largest thing you've ever seen it's 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 up to there it's down to there and you realize immediately with your human sense of scale that thousands and thousands of the planet earths right in front of you could fit inside that giant ball over there right and then you go through the planets you start going to jupiter you go to mars i mean you go to planet by planet and then eventually you start seeing the different stars relative to each other and you realize that even our sun is small compared to some of the biggest stars out there in the universe and you get an understanding of the scale of space that you are not going to get in in any school in any other way right like you like I, i just outlined books that's the best they can do for getting you the scale of the universe and within minutes of titans of space you've got a sense of just how how flipping big everything is Um, and i i love it that so there's there's my defense of of vr as an education platform
0: yeah no i think it's a fantastic experience for kids to go in and do it and obviously like you said earlier Ian, you know titans of space it's a Uh, It's a seated and it is a curated and it is a very uh, efficiently timed experience that you can go through multiple times. But, you know, my kids don't spend hours in VR at one time. Most of the time they can't because their batteries die and then they end up breaking all the charging cables and then they have to come and steal mine so they know not to. Uh, You know, the, the battery life. It's actually intriguing how the boundary life kind of forces you to take a break when, you know, by the time this show is over, my MetaQuest Pro will be dead. And I'll get to go put it back on the charger and go off and do other real real, real reality, RR, we can start calling, calling it RR, I guess, uh, things. And, you know, uh, the kids are going in and they're spending half an hour mm, taking a break, getting a snack, getting a drink telling me all the cool stuff they did, and then they're coming, you know, and then they jump back in after an hour. It, that that curation that I provide for them as a parent, because Ian, you and I both have children of varying ages, and so we are, uh, in, in some ways, the best people to talk about uh, this topic because of the fact of the wide variety and the fact that we are, you know, subject matter experts to allow us to come on here and talk about this intelligently. Uh, I, I and objectively also I, I think that that's really important but yeah I mean I, I think my kids are having their fair share I mean uh, my older daughter she's 18 now uh, so she can do whatever she wants just ask so her she'll tell you
1: I'm seeing Pete here say if anyone hasn't looked into the effects VR can have on kids brain development you should it's real it makes sense if you do the research the The scariest the most significant research that I've I've seen out there talks about impulse control amongst really young children um and an impulse control being affected uh, by by media. Um, if 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 you've got like too much uh in in too many places. Um, but like uh, it's 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 one of the things we have. Like it's people are looking for recommendations on the matter, and it's one of the things that I typically back off of because it's it's such an individual. Uh, thing The one thing I do sort of recommend, and it's true for even adults, um, if you can, take the headset off every 20 minutes, look at the real world, focus on the distance for about 20 seconds, and then, you know, go back in. So I think it's a 20-20-20 rule is what it's called. Every 20 minutes for 20 seconds, look at something that's 20 feet away. Um, that helps your eyes focus back on, you know, back the way they should. Before you put them back into the fixed, uh the fixed VR headset way they have it focusing. Um I think I'm I think we've exhausted this. I, the one, let's I wanna transition to talking about how this relates to Apple, because it's 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 so funny to me that I, I love putting this title on this YouTube video. Um because we the way this show works is we're able to narrativize what's happening in the VR space a little bit by condensing what's happening on a on a weekly or, or so basis. And at the very same time that Apple is announcing its Pro headset, a, a headset that's geared toward people who are at the very high end of the computing spectrum with thousands of dollars ready to spend on any given thing, we have Meta doing this opposite thing of let's see how we can extend the market for our machines to more people and get them all into VR at the lowest price possible. And so it's it's very, uh, it's just, it, it's typical of their strategies, right? It's Meta is trying to uh, get more people into these headsets. And one thing, one critical thing in our report on the 13 uh, to 10 transition is Horizon Worlds is still uh, officially for 13+. I'm glad so, you said
0: officially. I'm yeah, glad know, that you right. put that in there.
1: Yeah, well, uh, and of course, before that, it was 18+, and then they even put, like, a an adult worlds marker on some of the worlds so you can specify your world and horizon worlds as being for only adults. And then they uh, they opened up this category for teenagers, and then they also put the smack down on Rec Room and made them remove junior accounts yeah, uh, from my kids the Quest platform, even though junior accounts are allowed on all the other Rec Room platforms. And then, of course, Rec Room was shown up on stage at the Apple keynote. It was shown in a screenshot as being um, potentially shown as, as a product for the Vision Pro eventually. Uh, how is Apple going to handle this? And... This is yeah this is going to bring us full circle back to Apple and I'm I'm ready to dive into Apple now. Is there any comments you want to get into first there?
0: You know, normally I would, but I feel
1: like our audience just wants
0: to hear us talk about this. Now, I I I do have one small comment about Rec Room. Um my my daughter was uh I think 11. She signed up for a junior account. She's 13 now, so none of this matters anymore. But um she you know, she comes whining to me. She's like, they're getting rid of my Rec Room account. And I'm like, are you really so mad? And she's like, now nah, just go play Echo because that's not going anywhere. And I went, yeah.
1: oh, okay. <laughs> you do all that. right. Well, yeah. all right. So I, I want to walk people through my personal journey, if I can, uh, about Apple before we, before we, um, get into the specific demos the specific questions you have um i did actually see the apple vision pro headset i put it on my head i did the demo that uh very controlled demo that uh a very small number of people got to try who attended the apple conference but i want to i want to contextualize that in sort of in a very wide uh kind of uh way right like my uh, I put a, yeah, um, Apple II. My family got an Apple II back in the 80s. That uh, was one of the first computers I ever sat at um, with my older brother showing me uh, Police Quest. And I have a very distinct memory of of being there with my, I think my brother, or maybe even my cousins, sitting there with Police Quest. And You know, me not knowing how to write or type on a keyboard and telling them commands to type in to talk to someone in the video game. That was one of those games where you could type out a sentence and then if it met with one of the replies, it would pull up a reply and you could have like a little conversation that way with a character. Um, That was some of my first memories of interacting with uh, a computer was that early Apple device, even though it was like a, like a controlled situation where I'm sitting there with a family member helping me through. And then uh, some years pass and, uh, my aunt got me the blue iMac, the first kind of computer that, uh, that Steve jobs was known for kind of working with the team when he re, you know, he, he came back to Apple after getting kicked out and started, uh, pulling up their product lines and building himself back into the company and um yeah i i got that blue imac g3 i think is what what the processor was on that thing and that was my first personal computer i want to say i named it alexa or alexis uh that was what i called that computer back in the day because i was messing with what was it uh Apple speech I was messing with the, the coding tools you could go in there it had a really simple way of using the text to speech and then coding responses and I remember messing with uh my computer which I named Alexis and saying hey Alexis or whatever uh and it would respond many it weirded me out when Amazon named its um named it Alexa uh and then a couple of years pass and I get I get an, uh, what is an Arcos MP3 player and very quickly hated the thing uh, and got an iPod. I got uh, even a FireWire iPod. I think it's sitting around here somewhere. If anyone remembers uh, the first iPods, but I got an iPod, loved that thing to death. Um, You know, I'm using personal computers, other, I'm using other devices through this whole period, right? I had a Doom running PC in the mid nineties and I was instructed by my dad uh, don't don't do any don't do games on this thing. This machine is for for school and for work purposes. And what did I do? I figured out how to go into DOS and launch Doom and Wolfenstein and uh, other shareware apps that were like hidden inside the system. Um, and I had a Game Boy when I was a kid. I had a Disc Man when I got to be a teenager. So I wasn't like all Apple through these periods. I used different devices. But there was a through line here of of me using Mac devices, Apple devices, and it went from that iMac to an iPod, and then eventually in college, I got the first iPhone. I was working at the Orange County Register as an intern, got my paycheck on like a Thursday or Friday, um, and then went into a uh, AT and T store the day after release and just spent this whole paycheck on an iPhone and it was extraordinarily expensive back in the day. They didn't have like, you still had to buy it under two year contract and you had to spend, I want to say like 700 or $800 or something on that first device. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong on that. But I remember going back to college after I had that first iPhone and feeling like I had superpowers. I had uh turn by turn directions. I had the full web browser in my pocket and I've I've given this story a couple of times, but I remember going on a on a college trip with my classmates, and we went to a BJ Novak. He's one of the writers for The Office. We went to a stand up uh, session he was doing in San Francisco. We all got tickets, and one of the jokes he made, BJ Novak did, was he um he's standing up there on stage. He said, "I was looking on Craigslist earlier, and um." I saw this Craigslist ad where this woman said she would do anything for tickets to the BJ Novak, uh, up special tonight. And he is making a joke of this. Obviously he's like, he wants to know exactly what she's willing to do in order to, uh, get these tickets. So he calls her up live on stage and holds, you know, like is relaying what she's saying to him and, blowing her mind that she's talking to bj novak uh and making this joke of this whole thing that she would you know say that she would only do anything for these tickets i want to know i'm sitting there in the audience of this with my iphone in my pocket wanting to know did this really happen and so i pull up craigslist on my phone and start searching for this ad And sure enough, I found it. It was entirely legitimate. This is a real person who had posted on it. And I'm like uh, going to all my college classmates, look, it's real, real, it's real. And I handed the phone number over to, uh, one of my classmates, one of my, one of the other journalists, uh, college journalists, and they call her up and she comes out for drinks with us. We get drunk with her until two in the morning or something in San Francisco. And then we stumble back to our hotel across San Francisco they don't Uber doesn't exist, right? There's no there's, there's no even apps for this device yet. And I pulling out my phone from my pocket and using Google Maps to direct us street by street back to our hotel as we sober up over this long walk back to our hotel. That's a really long-winded way of saying I remember this feeling of having a full computer in my pocket before the rest of the world, right? And I was doing things with it. That no one thinks twice about now, right? You pull out your device all the time for the full web browser and for turn by turn directions and all these things. And I, that was my college experience, right? Was like this using this full computer in my pocket and using it in weird ways. Um, so, Ian, before you go any yeah. further, I want you to know I looked
0: up that Craigslist uh, on my phone here, and it turns out that woman's name was Alexa. Oh
1: my god! All right, yeah. All right. So this is—I <laughs> don't know how bored. Yeah, people are bored by this by this life story, right? All right. So this is my super long-winded way of saying I hadn't felt this way, um, and you know, I haven't felt that I had put on like a couple of years pass. I get the Oculus demo. Um, 2012. I went out and did the first demo of Oculus. And my mind was opened to the idea that we will have face computers we will have computers on our face and that is the future of personal computing i i understood the economics of it right they had super high resolution screens they could now put inside a device they used the imus and gyroscopes that were doing the portrait and landscape orientation sensing on portable devices they could put that in the headset do sensor fusion uh, with positional tracking and provide a VR experience, it all like clicked. Like it makes sense. There is a path here. But that first Oculus demo only showed like there's a future for this technology, right? It didn't show that it was done. And so that's 2012. The year is 2023. And I haven't had a demo as eye opening as that Oculus demo until I went to Apple Park and put this new headset on my head.
0: You know, Ian, uh, some people were making comments about the, the conversation. It's all about context. You know, the the context here is that we have seen the very beginning like if i wanted to go back i can remember my first phone my first phone was a little play school thing and you pulled the string and it dinged and it had the little rotary and stuff no i'm kidding i'm not going to go into all that but i do i remember every single one of my uh, different um, substantial and integral technology pieces things that i've carried in my pocket things that i've had sitting on my desk i've never actually named any of my computers but uh or actually i name my spatulas but i don't name my tech so how weird am i but uh i i've i've yet i've yet to have something a piece of technology that i have purchased myself from like wow this is a huge step backwards like i haven't done that i haven't had to go backwards at all every time i buy a new phone or a new piece of kit for my computer or a vr headset it's a step forward. And so you can see, and the word we're talking about here is trajectory. You can see the tra- the trajectory of this uh, of this industry and and Apple is just pointing the parabolic arc a little higher. and and it's something I think a lot of us expected or at least desired for years now is that somebody would push it. A little faster. That exponentially. Now, there was a comment in here earlier. Uh, let's see if I can find it. Uh, it was part of a. Wow, you guys are talking a lot. I love that. Uh, Anthony Mealy, uh, who's been a member for five months, thank you very much. Says, I hope the Vision Pro will propel Qualcomm to pick up the pace in terms of their chips processing power. Also, yippee, five months. Yes. Um, the 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 challenge here is that Apple is using their own silicon which I can't say Silicon anymore because apparently that's not the right way to pronounce it. Uh, They're using their own Silicon, and Qualcomm is their direct competitor. Who thought that that was going to be – like if you had gone back five or ten years and told me, you know, at one point Apple and Qualcomm are going to be the two big names in the chip – manufacturing wars i'd have gone wow what are you having do you have any left but i i don't know Ian, isn't this a weird world we're in right now because yeah
1: of that? so I, i'm seeing yeah the 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 qualcomm is a very fascinating situation right there's every likelihood that meta is now the most important customer to to qualcomm like they're they're tied up in a way that is really important to both companies because they're now tied to each other's fate uh, so to speak now obviously qualcomm wants to go and partner with a lot of other companies um, and sell their chips to a lot of other organizations but there's every likelihood that meta is now the premier partner for anything qualcomm does and they get i would imagine that meta probably put down a A significant sum of money on Qualcomm to have that status and and we've, we've reported some of these things already there is a multi year agreement between Qualcomm Qualcomm and Meta to work on chips together and yes, absolutely that they are now like for at least probably the next couple generations, these two companies are partners in pushing back at against whatever Apple is able to do with its own with its own technology the thing that's that becomes fascinating there is like John Carmack and all of these other people at Meta have figured out over the last several years how to wring out every last capability for VR from these existing smartphone chips they spent from 2014 till now Figuring out how to use smartphone class chips to do everything possible in VR, and so like, there's a narrative amongst our audience, amongst people who watch this space, that oh, cell phone graphics—they're you know—it's such—it's—it's it's, a—it's just cell phone games on a headset. It doesn't that doesn't do justice to the amount of work required to get, you know, like I remember having the Gear VR and uh using i think it was Netflix multiplayer or Hulu Hulu I think had it uh where there was a very early version of multiplayer on Gear VR and trying to um do a multiplayer movie theater experience on a Gear VR and it was miserable it was the the phone shut off or there was no sync up between the voices like that was That is now a decade old almost of them trying to do what Apple is going to do next year on its chips. You know, Meta was already there a decade ago, right? Like doing that and trying to wring out all of that, that performance to make that experience doable. And it sucked, right? It was terrible. It did not work right uh, for so many reasons. and, And people abandoned it. But like what I'm what I'm trying to get at there is, yes, Apple is bringing its chips, but all of its chips were built for phones and they were built for laptops and desktop computers. They weren't built for headsets. And everything we're hearing is that like Apple is trying to figure out how to handle heat and power consumption. And they're still working on very, very hard problems to get their system up and running in this new form factor of heat on your face and having to dissipate that away. Like as, as, as awesome as an advantage as it is for Apple to have its own chip, you it, know its own Silicon that it can put inside these devices. It's not an automatic win that Apple is going to do something that Meta can't. Um, because of those chips. So I'm, I'm trying to, that is my most, ban- I, gave, I started off this whole thing by giving my essay on why I, I've had Apple in my life for so many years. Let me be very clear on a balance there that anyone who comes out and says Apple is going to crush the competition because they're using their own chipsets doesn't have, that, that there's way more nuance to this uh, relationship between Qualcomm and Meta and the work Meta has put in over the last decade to to make this possible.
0: Sure, sure. And you know, I think I think Apple. You know, I look at the comparison that you made there, Ian, and and the way you described it, it's like Meta had a hot dog food cart, and then across the street, Apple built uh, a five star Michelin bistro. Uh, and and you know somebody's saying, oh well, those two are equal, or well, look at how expensive it is. You can get two dollar hot dog, but then you can go over here and you can eat at this fancy bistro. You know, there are still going to be people who are going to go now. I'll just have the hot dog. <laughs> you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And I I I think that there is enough audience here, and this is where I and I made a tweet about this a while back. I don't believe that these two products, the Quest Three. And the Apple Vision Pro should be looked at as having the same target audience. I I think that they have different target audiences. Obviously, every year Apple puts out, or every couple years, whatever they put out their, you know, their Mac Pro, and it's like seven thousand dollars and a thousand dollars just for the monitor stand and all sorts of ridiculousness. But I know plenty of people who go out and buy them right away. They drop ten grand on a new Apple kit. it's a pro. Those letters mean something, you know? Uh, I, I think that I think it being pro leaves room for Apple, and this is just speculation, obviously. Apple can come out with uh, other vision series headsets just like Meta has. and there can be different price points and there can be different audiences. Uh, but I believe that having the pro headset first. Is an interesting strategy one that Meta actually did as well, I believe, uh, with the Quest Pro. It's almost like a glorified dev kit in some ways. It get, it gets it gets developers in the door to get content for this ecosystem and pass through and mixed reality, whatever you want to call it uh, spatial computing, you know, we're spatial computer people now, uh, whatever. Uh, I think that there's enough room for all of this. And so, yes. Oh, no. Oh, it's so expensive. Right. Well, it's not for you then. Uh, if you can't afford it or you're a developer and you want to make stuff for this new burgeoning ecosystem that Apple is creating, this is your avenue to do so. Um, yeah. I mean, do do you um, agree, disagree? Uh
1: Well, I'm loving the comments here. I, I lost you a little bit because I was reading the comments, and they're they're taking your uh, bistro, right. your Apple Bistro analogy, and running with it. And uh, what where's the comment here? I love this one from Ray uh, Holder saying, "Yeah, but the Apple Bistro doesn't give you any cutlery. You have to eat with your hand, with your eyes and fingers." Uh, that's, that's okay. A it's funny. an
0: Ethiopian bistro, then.
1: Oh my gosh! Um, what? It's the whole point. Yeah. So. Uh, Let's see. Uh, there's also people talking about, yeah, you know, people responding to my like, you know, what what Qualcomm is able to. There was an earlier comment saying this is M2. This, this is our first episode of M2 versus XR2 Gen 2. This this is our first episode discussion of these two chipsets going against each other. And we will be on this again and again and again. This is going to be David Heaney's beat probably for the next year is uh really diving into what the m2 is going to be capable of what it's what its clock rate is going to be and what its heat dissipation situation is going to be inside this uh apple vision pro headset in comparison to whatever meta announces when it comes to the quest 3 and its partnership with qualcomm on its next gen ship um you know like um I, it's yeah. We're going to come back to this again and again and again and try to figure out really what each of these systems are going to be capable of. Um, the thing, I guess the the context. I guess I want to add to that little bit is like we're in we're in the end game now. Is is it's I've I've alluded to this idea for a little while now that like this is the next two to five years are going to determine who has 60% of the market share um, and who has 5% of the market share in the next generation of personal computing. Um, It it got set, so so Apple got out there first with the iPhone, and I, I did my whole little personal story there. But what that allowed Apple was they had this new interface with a giant screen and touch interface that was so... Uh, made so, so made perfect sense, um, and then a year later they launched the app store for it. Right, it wasn't until the year after that they figured out a way to sandbox these apps such that they couldn't destroy your machine and could still access some of the higher end capabilities of the device. Uh, a lot of people forget uh, some of some people in our audience. It's it's the people using VR today might not have been born back when the iPhone came out, which is a very upsetting thing for some in our audience to hear. Um, But like the app store came a year after the release of the iPhone. And you think about the way apps have changed our lives. It's, it's dramatic. Um, And Android, obviously, you know, Android was already in the works at Google. It got rebuilt from the, you know, just completely restructured based on what Apple announced. And Android obviously is not the same. Like the people will do the Android versus iPhone argument all day. How do you compare the success of a platform that runs on a hundred different manufacturers' devices compared to uh, an operating system that only runs on one manufacturer's device? Everyone wants to argue these points about why Android has been more successful, but you've got Apple as one of the biggest companies in the world because of its strategy. Um, the, the, I've talked, so uh, after I tried out the Apple device, I went and talked to Kent by over at voices of VR, did an hour long podcast. Go listen to that. I've recapped a lot of the same stuff. I just recapped here. I also went on between realities and talked about some of the stuff uh, there for uh, an hour and a half with the between realities folks. Um, during those talks, I realized something, I I enunciated something that I hadn't really processed before. Back when the iPad came out, there was no stylus. And it was actually a joke that you shouldn't use a stylus with this device. Then Apple, uh, several years pass and Apple announces the Apple Pencil. Uh, The Apple Pencil let you use a stylus with the iPad and opened up officially at least a whole other range of apps you could use on the iPad uh, device. Um, I bought one of the very first, you know, in in my journey, a little segment of my journey that I didn't share. uh, I got the first iPad and I bought one of those little styluses that were so crummy that like uh, transfer what you're doing um, with your fingertips down onto the iPad. And I tried using, handwriting on that very first iPad, and I actually tried to use it for reporting. I took the iPad out um, uh, in my hand and took this this little crummy stylus from the very first iPad and tried taking notes with uh, my reporting, like just as I would a reporter's notebook. And I took it out into the real world, went to an event, and after 15 minutes out in the hot sun, the iPad overheated and it was no longer of use to me that was my that was me trying to use the iPad ahead of its time in ways that it wasn't originally intended to. Point being, a couple years pass, they announce the Apple Pencil. It actually works reasonably well as an input mechanism for the iPad, and then a couple more years pass and they release the Apple Pencil 2, the second generation. And now the iPad is more or less the the the, the device of choice for designers who want to use apps like Procreate to to do actual handwriting, drawing, painting directly on a device. But we're talking a decade of evolution there to get to a place where the input scheme, where that input scheme makes sense for that device, right? They, they didn't have any stylus at first. Then they had a stylus that wasn't low latency enough. And now they've got a, a, a pencil that feels low latency enough to be the input of choice for a lot of designers out there. I think that is probably the path that we're going to see for tracked controllers. I sure. could be wrong. I, You know what? I, I'm
0: just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. Input is hard. And, you know, I'm already a little bit weirded out at the fact that the quest three is coming with different controllers than what the quest, Pro has, you know. I, I everybody was talking about. Oh, Quest Three will come out and it won't have controllers. If you have the Quest Pro, you can just use a Quest. And I mean, uh, you might be able to use them, but the, the the Quest Three controllers are yet another iteration of input. And uh, you know, input is just hard. I don't know. i You know, I I use my controllers to get set up for the studio, and then I throw them down on my table, and now I'm doing my thing, but. I, what what is the ultimate input device for a human being if
1: not your hands
0: I, I i don't know
1: right i mean it's it's that that was the that was the thing steve jobs came out and said he, he did this joke i i went and reviewed the original um yeah. the apple keynote because it was significant and i recap this on i think between realities but what apple announced was a breakthrough internet communications device a PC, and a new kind of phone. A breakthrough internet communications device, a phone, and a PC. Three devices. Are you getting it yet? It's not actually three devices. It's one device. It's the Vision Pro headset. That is the way Steve Jobs introduced the iPhone. He introduced it as an iPod, a breakthrough internet communications device, and a phone, Right. Uh, Tim Cook obviously did not introduce Vision Pro that way, and people still hear lots of people out there still hear the voice of Steve Jobs in their heads. They don't want to. I'm seeing in our comments saying that Apple is su- super overhyped. I can I kind of understand that sentiment, but I'm going to push back on it and say it's the biggest company in the world, and they are known for making software that just works. And I think that they that there's a <laughs> All right, so Kyle, like I recapped us on Between Realities. What did you think of my recap of our whole situation in Horizon Workrooms?
0: You know, uh, I watched it, uh, and and if, if those of you who don't know the Between Realities folks, uh, Alex VR and Skiva are uh, our only currently uh, upload VR correspondents, and so they kind of work with us. They're like super freelancers, and so they work with us. And uh, one of the things that I do is I uh, post each weekend, uh, there between realities episode that they record on Fridays live. And Ian, uh, was gracious enough to lend his, uh, his noggin to them for a, a very good conversation. So if you haven't checked it out, I definitely encourage you to check that out on the between realities, uh, uh YouTube page or you can go and check it out, uh, on the post at upload uh, Ian did go through and talk about, you know, all the workrooms, uh, stuff, uh, we go in as a team and, you know, cause we're a global, we're a global team. And so uh, timeframes and time zones and things like that kind of cause a challenge. So we, we, we found a nice little spot where we could all get together and some people are exhausted because they're tired for the, from working all day and the other people are just getting up. So it's a lot of groggy talk, but uh, going into work rooms, trying to get five, six people in there. And one of them isn't, jiving with the rest is such a a challenge. It's such a challenge to not have had Ian's gorgeous avatar sitting there with us and instead being represented by the eye of Sauron on a screen. And I can only imagine that it would have been just as difficult on Ian's perspective to not be seeing all of us. It, the disconnect Inside the virtual world, we might as well have just gotten anime avatars and gone into VR chat, you know, sat at the pub, and it would have been a more effective experience than what we got in workrooms. And and that's workrooms only function. Like, yeah. that's the function is to have a meeting and we couldn't even do it. So... I was very frustrated.
1: All right, so so yeah, we've given the context there and, and yeah, the I of Sauron to be clear, my first my, my name begins with the letter I, right? And the way it works is they have a TV like this in workrooms and it displays the letter I top to bottom. I'm wearing this headset, the Quest Pro headset. I'm in Meta software, right? It's official big workroom software. And I'm you know, I'm doing everything Meta has advised right to to meet up with my colleagues and use it exactly as intended and instead of being shown exactly as i am here even with with animated facial movements i am displayed to everyone else in the team as this giant letter i up on their screen looking like the eye of sauron for this meeting and i describe this as like it feels like i'm in the langoliers right like i am in a different (laughs) reality than everyone else they're all seeing one thing i'm seeing a different thing and we're we're able to talk still, somehow the audio connection is, but the software saw me as a video chat participant, where everyone else was being shown as an NVR participant. participant. I restarted my headset, I reinstalled the app, um, I did what I thought I could do to try to bug fix this, to get back in with my team and see them, and it didn't work. Now, I've had some great experiences in Horizon Workrooms, the audio in there is fantastic, most of the time it uh, some of the time it does work uh, exactly as intended. What I, The context here, the fair context, I think, is that by and large, over the span of everything, Apple devices and Apple software work more frequently as intended than competing platforms generally do. It's not universal. Sometimes Apple devices crap out. Some of them... Sometimes they don't, you know, they they fail miserably. Um, But I think it bears out that Apple devices and Apple software generally work as intended and as pitched to a degree that every other computing system doesn't quite match. And when people go out and buy an Apple device, that's what they're paying for. That's what they are looking to get. And now we've got this Vision Pro coming, uh, which conceivably... uh, does the same thing now with a a VR AR headset.
0: Now, to be fair, it, it, and you know, people are like, oh, well, you know, yeah, Apple stuff. It just works when you're talking to other people on Apple. We were all wearing a meta headset to try to get into horizon workrooms and have this meeting. And the pain Points, the obstruction to our meeting, the ineffectiveness of the beginning of this meeting. I had this whole spiel worded out that this is how I'm going to start the meeting. Hello and welcome to the upload VR team meeting. I don't actually say that, folks. Uh, <laughs> I, I I was all ready for it. And then Ian can't connect, and then he can and he can't. And should we go ahead and do it without him? No, let's wait until he reinstalls. 20, 20, 30 minutes later, Ian's just sitting there with an eyeball, and I'm like okay, let's do the meeting. And I, my mojo was off the whole meeting. I couldn't it, – it was a distraction to me trying to run this meeting, and I just – I couldn't get into my groove, believe it or not. I, Ian, that Meta owes us a better meeting.
1: Yeah, it does. They do – yeah, that's a wonderful way of putting it. Jason Rain's comment, I've been an Apple user since 93. Apple is not the company they were even 10 years ago. Not sure if it's the loss of Steve, but I've hated every Apple device I've bought in the last 10 years. Um, but you're still you're still using Apple devices that that seems I don't know. Like, I, I understand the general sentiment there sure. and, I, and I get it. But all right. Well, so no, let me, no company, no company is the same company. It was 10 years ago. Well, like, all right. So it's well, all right. So I guess my journey yeah, I gave my whole backstory journey of, of Apple devices and then I, I want to contextualize that now with actually going to Apple Park and this, this part of the journey, right? Um, Kyle was in uh, Slack along with our team when this happened. Um, so it gets to be about two weeks before the Apple event and uh, it's, the, it's the end of school for my son um, and uh, I'm sort of packing, getting ready for some travel. I'm in the living room, uh, and I look down at my phone, and I've got a new email, and it's an email from Apple saying you've been invited to Apple Park uh, to to see the keynote um, at Apple. My son saw me jump about three feet in the air and just start jumping up and down with joy. Um, he'd never ever seen me in his entire life. Uh, happy, <laughs> that happy, at oh, least okay. at least react with that kind of. Uh, that kind of enthusiasm. Um, I had hit up every Apple employee that I knew had gone every purse, every source. I'd been in their inboxes saying, "Hey, can you get me on the list? I want to be there. Uh, it's a really important moment." This, this, this was a. It was a decade of work, uh, of, of focusing on this as my professional kind of like. The, I think this is going to be the future and that email for me personally confirmed number 1 i you know i'd been focusing on the right thing it's apple saying that like they're going to do it it's it's it meant a lot to me personally because i had worked so hard to to get to this place and get this invite um none of those apple employees responded to me right they're all uh you know keeping quiet about what they're doing um i i so to, to walk through what happened right uh, get the email i immediately uh go code red code red in our slack group uh oh my god i put the screenshot there that we've got the thing first thing i do is register uh i i, I go through the instructions in the email to register and make sure i'm not losing my place right uh so i'm making sure that we're actually upload vr is going to attend the event I send an email to Apple because there's nothing in the email that indicates that it needs to be kept private. But I email Apple just to make sure that um, we're free to report that we've been invited because it's instantly obvious. We've never been to an Apple event before. Here's our invite. This, This is probably the confirmation that Apple is going to announce this headset uh so i assigned henry stockdale to write an article about this uh this thing happening um and henry Stockdale asked the same question uh that that i asked right are we free to report this i love the question uh kyle's worried about it too um yeah. and uh i'm like yeah i'm i've got the, i know what i'm doing here right like i've 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 seen these Apple events before I go on Twitter and sure enough, other journalists are reporting that they've gotten the invite too. So Henry is already working on the article. Um, We've seen the confirmation on Twitter from other journalists who made to reach the same conclusion. I did that there was nothing from Apple saying we had to keep this private within a few minutes. Henry's got the article drafted. I look it over, we hit publish. The email comes in from Apple saying, yeah, actually you are free to write about that. And, uh, then people are quote tweeting it and and replying to it. It's one of our most viral tweets uh, that we've we've had. That this is the confirmation, right? And it's yeah, my our our article and my invite and Upload VR's invite to go to this Apple event effectively confirmed that you know all these rumors that that Apple's finally going to do it. That Apple's finally going to show its headset. All right, so. A good um,
0: suffix before you go any further, a good suffix to that is um when I think we wrote an article about it as well. The YouTube video for the Apple Vision Pro uh just crossed a milestone, isn't that correct, Ian?
1: Uh yes, it is. So it crossed the milestone, yeah.
0: So it's it's the it's it's like the number one viewed like people care. Um, you know. Whether you were an Apple fanboy, a Meta fanboy, trying to be completely objective. I mean, I just want you to know that in, in, until my Galaxy Note 4 decided to, um, well, it offed itself. It jumped into Puget Sound uh, when I was in Seattle. It, it, it jumped. It didn't want to live any longer. Out of my breast pocket of my shirt and into the sound and I watched it surprisingly stayed on for a good five minutes before it finally turned off Uh, i was like oh no i don't have a phone and up to that point i had always been an an android fanboy i mean i had a t-shirt that i have worn i haven't i haven't seen it for years i'm sure my wife threw it away said my android eats apples i was always contending with all the apple fanboy saying no android's better android's better and i was really excited when all of like you know gear vr and all that it was all Android based, and so I was like, "Yay!" You know, this is a good. Tra- this is part of what transitioned me into VR from doing like phone roms and hacks and things like that. Is I, uh, you know, it was all Android based, so it was a good transition for me. Now I have a iPhone 12 Pro. My whole family is on the Apple ecosystem. It, it, I, I feel like a gray Jedi. You know, uh, you know, it, you have to know the light and the dark sides of the Force to be able to. Be objective and truly understand where both industries are heading and how they interact with each other, and the comparison between the two. So, folks in the chat, you know, talking about, oh, you're a Meta fanboy, oh, you're an Apple fanboy. Um, you can be both and neither at the same time. It's all about being objective, and, that, and that's really what we try to do with our journalism at Upload is is to stay objective uh, and and not be fans of one versus the other. Now, obviously, until this point. We didn't have a whole lot to talk about other than Meta and you know a couple other companies that had some you know well, small market shares. But uh, yeah, a small market yeah.
1: share. Like that's that's a the interesting transition. Like that's a coded way of talking about HTC Vive, uh, right? And and Windows Mixed Reality and even Google. Like those are all technically uh, small market share because some of them are yeah. dead, right? Um, but like. Yeah, uh, I'm Paradise Decay. Be a VR fanboy. That's an interesting one, and I'll I'll get into that too. I am scared of this technology. I'm intimidated by this technology. At the same time that I, I am so excited by it. Right? Like I I do see this as the future, but I I don't see it as the future enough that I'm going to go build it. I don't feel like going and putting devices on strangers' heads. And selling them this thing, and, and making my whole identity around selling selling these computers to other people. I want them to understand that, like this device in their face, is going to filter your reality for you. It's going to be a a wall between you and understanding the rest of uh, the world. There's yeah, you said
0: filter. I like supplement.
1: It's a filter. All right, so it's a supplement. Um, it's a filter. It's, it's all a right, supplement. So let's, Oh my okay. gosh. All right. So It's not going to
0: delete things. It's going to add more to it. It can totally delete things. No, where where have you seen that? You're watching too much Black Mirror.
1: I did. I did watch some Black Mirror last night, <laughs> but uh no. Wait, larry right, let's be f- All right. So there's a um there's a movie, uh a short film that came out around uh a 2000 era called more, I think is what it was called. It's a short film uh, claymation. And it depicts this, uh, this person who's hating their job and they're selling some product. I know what and you're talking about, yeah. They put on these glasses and uh, he, he, these creatures pull, uh, they've got fire in their bellies. Right. And they're able to open up uh, like a door to their belly, pull out fire. And he puts the little fire in these glasses and puts them on. And suddenly the world is beautiful and happy again. Um, but over time, as this little creature is wearing these glasses that let him see the world now beautiful and, and wonderful, the fire dies in his belly. Um, it goes out over time. It just spoiled this beautiful short film with this mu- beautiful music. Um, but y- y- go go watch it more. Um, I think about that relative to this technology uh, all the time. Um and I think about the way social media has has altered people's worldview and even constrained it, this whole idea that you are in a bubble of people. You've you've trimmed all of the alternative viewpoints from outside your bubble, and now you're just hearing an echo chamber of the people who agree. And companies can be like this, right? If you if you step out of line at a certain company, you're you're just yeeted out the door, right? You're you're fired if you don't uh, fall in line with what the top is telling you. Uh, It is, we can disagree on filter versus supplement, but like I do think there's a very distinct possibility that people will, like that'll be magnified 10 or 100 or 1,000 times more powerful when you're, just removing from your eyesight the things you don't want to see if that's if that's a feature of these devices and it gets to the very core of all of these things is apple going to remove ads from your view or is meta going to insert them into your view right that's a very fundamental question of how these companies are going to approach it and if they remove ads from the view if if apple does remove ads if if uh you don't have to look at uh like an ad on your tv or something what do they replace it with or do they let those things go as they are um
0: see i feel like that's not fair
1: and apple you know, does that like, too you're like, yeah apple, absolutely fair Apple too.
0: removes ads but meta adds them what if meta removes them and apple adds them
1: it could be they could they'll, they'll go full circle on that after a decade right because that's what apple did right you i'm gonna know, tell
0: they, you what they're gonna probably do is they're both going to add them. Okay. I'm sorry. Well, but you well, know, you, you have to pay the bills, man.
1: You have yeah, to well, pay the bills. You gotta pay the bills. Like I, I love that that way of thinking because what we had here, I think man, I'm gonna get into some real philosophy like type things that are gonna be way off topic here. But like we think about this rise of AI and the way they've trained the data sets on all of human knowledge, right? They're squeezing out every last dollar that they can now out of your public information. And these companies are trying to pretend like they didn't train their their data sets on your public information. It just came from, it's impossible to identify where the data was actually trained from. It came from the stuff you gave away for free, right? And and now it's going to, you know, people have to get new jobs and new types of training in order to work for the new things. Anyways, this... The, uh, very off topic. Let me get back to just going. There was this comment way up in our discussion here talking about um, Apple not being the company that it was a decade ago or or even in the 90s, 2000s. And I don't know if it, this common sentiment that I don't know if it's because Steve Jobs is gone, but it's just not the same vibe. Um, it's not. I get it. I get it. But let's let's give it time. I, I'm, I'm willing to be around and see where it goes. So I go, so I got the invite. We get the article out. It's effectively the confirmation that Apple is going to do this thing. Um, Now, I I book my travel as quickly as I can. Um, I'm going out there to Cupertino to see it. Uh, And um, I go out there. I've got a schedule that says uh, the keynote is on day one. My demo or a, a briefing is on day two. Uh, go out there on day one they put everyone that's in attendance through security I get a badge uh, a very serious security system to get through I brought the meta Ray-Ban story sunglasses uh, and recorded minutes of footage of me walking around this campus a bunch of other people have the selfie sticks out there to take few, you know pictures of themselves I'm not really a fan of doing that of of taking a picture of myself I'd rather show my perspective out there and let everyone else see what it looks like You walk up this this little like walkway and then you first see this building, this this giant circle. And for those that aren't familiar, Apple built one of the largest structures just ever. It's a giant circle uh, building. This is their headquarters in California. Uh, It was in construction and being built back when Steve Jobs uh, in his final years there you walk up to it. It's this giant glass wall going around in a curve. They've got a, a walkway surrounding the building. And then outside the walkway are, is all this greenery. It's just trees and bushes and greenery uh, outside this walkway. Then in the inside of the circle, it's a whole bunch more green. It's just trees and, and green everywhere. So you've got this space, the this spaceship-type structure and green nature both inside and out. And it's this giant vision as as Steve Jobs is handing off the reins of the company to Tim Cook of let's this is the new this is the new company we've built. Uh, This is a very real visceral like realization for me of this is this is literally not the company that shipped me all those devices. Right. It's not the same type of company that shipped the iMac or the iPod or the iPhone. This building is the building that the iPhone built this is what the money from iphone selling globally was able to build for the people of apple and i'm being uh pointed around apple's headquarters by just a ridiculous number of apple employees um and i'm i'm taking in this just the size of the structure it's it's an enormous machine it's it's it it's it's unfathomable i've been to to google events i've been to Microsoft um, and Meta events where I'm shuttled around by employees and I'm, you know, I went to Meta's headquarters last year and it's like, where's Meta's headquarters? And maybe it's, maybe it's the building that has the six Teslas parked out front, right? Like that's, that's a good sign that I found the right location. Um, Nothing matched the number of people and the size of the structure. Nothing has come even close to the amount of like just stuff that Apple is now doing here. Walk around, uh, go to their snack bar room. Uh, met up with Norm from Tested as well as Ben Lang from Roadtr to VR. Took a little selfie there with the the keynote area behind us. Uh, I just want to go sit down and get into place uh, to get ready for this thing. Um, I took a little snack. They have the softest napkins I've ever used. Right? They've they've even the little details. Right? Is the napkins were so darn soft. And Um, you're so
0: easily impressed, buddy.
1: I know, right? Yeah. All right. So go down there, get into my seat for the keynote. Tim Cook walks out on stage, says this is one of the biggest keynotes we've ever had, something to that effect. And then he goes and sits down and hits play on a video, right? The rest of the two hours or hour and a half long keynote, I'm having probably a worse experience. This is what we can't buy, put it. It's better for you viewers at home watching this thing in higher resolution than it is for me to kind of like have all these people talking around me to be jostling, uh, amongst them while typing on my little screen. Right. Uh, I'm watching the same video on a big screen at Apple headquarters that all of you are watching at home of this, this giant keynote. The difference being on day two, I've got my briefing. So I do, I have something to look forward to, uh, I, I do think it's the demo. I come back to Apple headquarters the next day. Um, and now they're taking us around on a cart. We get on a cart, five journalists and me uh, get in this cart going around this office building now in a different direction to the back of the building. And I can hear, it feels like I should hear the Jurassic park. Welcome to Jurassic park music in my ears, because it's just that kind of vibe of getting a tour of Apple headquarters as all the employees are You know, flying by the sides of the car like dinosaurs uh, on this tour. We come around and there's a building in the back of this Apple Park headquarters, giant white building. You see it in the distance. There's no door on the building. It's got this giant rectangular opening as the front of this building. And a giant green lawn in between the giant spaceship and this white building over there. Our car comes over. I get out of the thing. I've got video of this. I wish I could show it on Stevie. It would be a nice uh, nice compliment to this story. right? I know I can't take video uh, inside the room. They basically indicated there's that's not going to be allowed. But the vibes of all this car, right? Like you walk up to this building. And they've, there's several Apple employees all in the front of this, and they've got their iPads in their hand, their tablets in their hand, and they're looking for my name on the list. And I, I've joked, it, it had all the vibes of getting to the gates of heaven. White building, uh, tablets, checking for my name on it. And then you can see in the back, there's some of these headsets up on stands. It's like a giant Apple store. Um, Did you have to atone for your sins before they let you in? I know. No, I didn't. I I didn't. All right. So uh, before my demo, they take me into a room at the front of this building and they ask for they ask if I've got prescription glasses. And uh, I say I do I hand them my prescription glasses. They put the prescription glasses down on a machine um, to apparently like measure what my prescription is then i walk out of the room they do a face scan and then they have an ear scan um this is like the same kind of face id process that you do to give your iphone uh, a face id um all right so i'm walking out of that room and he asked me is there anything else about your vision that we should know about and this is the this is a really Like for you, Kyle, as the bespectacled individual, right? That's right. I had to explain, like, I was shocked. I was taken aback by this. The closest thing that had ever come to getting my face measured this way was Magic Leap, uh, LeapCon, the one conference that that Magic Leap held. They tried to measure your, your IPD, and I can't remember if they measured your prescription, but they actually took the effort uh, and time at this thing to get a device that's sized for your face and built for for your particular face. But this was next level beyond that, right? And I've never been asked: Is there anything else about your vision we should know about? And I think it's I think it's such a significant question. It was such a significant moment to me that like Apple cared enough to to ask that. Like I don't know how it affected. The setup process for the device that they put in front of me, they uh, can hypothetically put the right uh, prescription inserts on my device. As a result of that, um, I explained that my IPD is asymmetric. Right, like I there's a difference in um, my the center of my face is not like the eye. My eyes are not uh, perfectly symmetrical from the center of my face. Uh, that can affect me and it has affected me. I went and tried big screen beyond earlier this year and I felt like there was something not, not quite spot on uh, for the way that was working for my vision. Um, it's, it's deeply affecting, right? That When our face shapes are all different, our head shapes are all different. Uh, to get that question from Apple indicated to me, they're taking this extremely seriously. That's, that's, yeah, what what I wanted to get across on that. Then I had to wait twenty minutes. I assume while as someone else before me is going through, or while they're getting a headset tuned just for my uh, just for my demo. Now I'm going into the room and I'm trying the headset on, and I've recapped this in our hands-on. I've recapped it on the other shows. The best technology demo of my lifetime. It was it was incredible. Wow,
0: wow. You know, it, it takes a lot to it takes a lot to say that. I'm I'm not easily well. No, I'm easily amused, but I'm not easily impressed. I guess, and I, you know, as much as I am happy, I am very happy for Ian to have that experience. Uh, I've expressed to him multiple times how jealous I am that he had the opportunity to try this headset before most of us, and I I, I really it makes me excited to walk into an Apple Store one day next because we don't know when and and to walk in and say okay here's my you know i have my credit card here which you know is fake money and i can walk up and say okay not only do i need the headset starting at 34.99 i need the highest amount of uh, storage that you have Uh, i want the extra ram and i'm going to need the spectacled uh, package So that way I can have my, um, uh, you know, my prescription in my headset. And I'm expecting it's going to be five grand by the time I walk out the door. After Uncle Sam takes his cut, I mean, it's going to be $5,000 plus for me to be able to walk out with this headset. And other than probably you, maybe one other person on the team. I don't know anybody else that's going to be buying one of these right off the bat. So, I mean, in my own personal circle of friends and whatnot, I don't know. I don't know who else is going to do it. So, do we get to do work rooms type of thing? Just me and you and whoever else has it? Or what What do we – like? Am I going to be all alone in this ecosystem or what, what, what's, what's going to happen, Ian? Because I don't yeah, know. All right.
1: Well, and I'm, I'm finding it funny. Like there's some people in our comments who are li- loving this detail. There's some people who are falling asleep there. I, I'm going to push back at the people who are falling asleep and annoyed by this level of detail. Right. Um, I saw David Heaney fighting the good fight in our comments against people who we aren't screaming at our audience. Right. We're not doing the yelly YouTube voice. I'm not like they've there. People have been trained out there to only respond to this yelly, screamy in the thumbnail voice. And that's the person they trust because they yell it really loudly. Like we're we're taking our time to give nuance and detail and balance. You talked about objectivity. I actually think objectivity is. I, I care more about fairness than I necessarily do about objectivity or if you're talking about objectivity it's at least giving context to your your viewpoint right like pretending like these things don't influence your perspective is not uh, not fair I would rather give more detail than too little um, to so that people can gauge and understand where you're coming from. But we're not doing the screamy YouTube voice. And we are trying to provide that detail out there. And please, uh if you like what we're doing, share it, like it, become a member, support us, get other people to pay attention to the nuance of all of this stuff. Because we're gonna keep doing it, right? Like this is this is the way we're we're gonna discuss and try to address this because I think that short term, like screamy voice thing, and going for the sensationalism, yeah, it gets you short term clicks and engagement, but it loses the critical thinkers. And I want the critical thinkers in our audience. I want them part of our discussion. And I want to have those critical thought discussions over the long term. And we're going to, it's a, a long term game here. We're playing over a very long term game.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm. You're absolutely correct, Ian. And, you know, VR Download has always been, at its core, uh, a news show. Uh, the the critical thinking, the conversation, uh, a small amount of debate. But I think what you're talking about, the screamers, you know, that's more commentary. And, you know, VR Download is meant to be a news show. Now, I have been talking quite a bit and, and we're very close to, uh, me because when I'm on the show, it's a different tone. Everybody knows it. The regular watchers know that I bring a different tone to the show because I like the idea of having commentary and anecdotal stuff. And, uh, you know, when it's, he, when it's, when it's David and Ian, uh, it's, it's a back and forth news question answer, and it's very informative. It's very insightful. Um, but I like the commentary, and so eventually I will have my own show, uh, individual of this that will be more commentary, and I will not be afraid to do a little screaming and offer my opinion, and you know that might scare Ian a bit, but uh, <laughs> I, I I do feel I do feel like there is a proper way, a proper way to have a commentary show where yeah. you have hot takes and opinions that aren't necessarily news related. But more generalized for the in- industry as a whole. So, well, you know, Jason, Jason,
1: go watch yeah. Kyle's show. That's a that's good good that's show for right. you. I'm I'm gonna, yeah. You know, like we do go back and forth. David Heaney and I get into a lot more back and forth. It's a better a good flow to the show when we're talking and kind of like doing the Q and A. And we've got great audiences. And if you have good questions, we'll try to get to them. Um, Mr. Horse asking when we would get Ian Heaney and Kyle all together. Uh, good question. You know, it's. One of the things, to push back on Jason's comment there a little bit, um, we're doing a show that's over the internet. We're interacting as if we we're in the same room, but there's still latency. The, our avatars and our voices still need to travel back and forth between uh, Kyle and I. And if you have three or four people, we our very first versions of the show, we had three, four, and five people in yeah. the studio and yeah. you're talking over each other because of all those cues going back and forth with such latency that it just became garbled. It became hard to watch. We ended up arriving at this two person show because it allowed for quicker back and forth. And when it works out right, when it works out right, I don't go on talking for 10 minutes. So I only talk for two minutes before David Heaney pipes up and we hand it off better. Anyways, this is a work in progress. And one of the things like we talk about is like, what we talk about is background. Like our avatars are background to what we talk about. We care about people listening to the context and everything. And uh, I'll, I'll listen to the, the people who love us and our audience. All right. <laughs> um, let's talk about the demo, right? All right. So they use eye tracking and pinch for the interface. And I do believe this is the mouse click of... VR. This was the way all future interfaces will be in VR until we get to proper uh, haptic interfaces. Um, so, Michael Abrash over at Meta, the lead researcher of Meta's research division on one of the MetaConnect events, explained that he believes that when you feel haptic hands, when you actually have a hand that pushes back at you believably and, and it feels like you're actually reaching out and touching your environment. Uh, it's going to be a mind-blowing experience on par with any uh, bigger or on par with any previous demo. That After this Apple Pro Vision Pro demo I had, that's the demo I hope to see in the 2030s. Uh, That's the demo that I'm now looking forward to in the future is when will we have a glove or some kind of haptic accessory that believably, you know, it moves beyond these touch controllers you have to grip and they're in the middle of your hands and actually pushes back your fingertips and makes you believe that you're actually in another environment. That's like, yeah, we can improve the resolution on these headsets even further, we could get uh hopefully verifocal so that it focuses. Hopefully the field of view goes wide so that the the field of view is even closer to your real vision. I like Kyle's thoughts on that one. Um but again, uh I I I wanna walk through we, we need to get to personas at some point, Kyle. But uh any comments you want to respond to or or things you wanna get into there, Kyle? No,
0: no, no, no. You were just talking about verifocal and you know, I, You know, some people seem to think this is totally kind of off topic, I guess. But, you know, some people seem to think that verifocal is going to be a a substantial improvement to the current VR tech. And I mean, it it, it needs to be from zero to infinity verifocal in order for it to make a sense of things. I don't think that even 16 degrees of verifocal. I don't, I don't want to get into it all because it's a big topic, but, you know, we'll save that for an, uh, another day when we've got nothing better to talk about. But, uh, yeah, go, keep, keep going.
1: All right, so Andrew is saying, uh, yeah, keep doing what we're doing. We are. Thank you, Andrew, and thank you for your support. Um, Viper, you waited your whole life to go to Apple headquarters and to be invited. There's no way you would talk bad about the headset, even if you did not like it and run the risk of never getting invited again. Oh,
0: Viper. Oh, Viper! Yeah. You don't know
1: Ian very well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. If, he would have uh, definitely
0: bombed on it if, if it had been bad.
1: If it, yeah, if it had been bad. Yeah. If I, if so. All right, my very first moment in this demo, they had they had a very similar eye tracking sort of um, calibration process as Toby uses. So Toby is a company that's inside PSVR two. So PSVR2 uses Tobii's eye tracking technology for some enhancement uh some features over on the the Sony ecosystem. Uh very similar very first onboarding experience here in Apple Vision Pro. Um as soon as I'm done with that calibration, they show like a tilt brush type hello in the environment. It fades in the physical environment and then I'm looking down at my hands. And I've I've noticed this thing that I do like even here in this studio Kyle, where I'm hitting my hands i'm I'm doing this thing i'm I am measuring or feeling like how do these feel like my hands are these how what is the latency between me doing this and actually seeing it like is this matching up? And no, it is not. my hands are touching. let's see if I can show it to the camera. My hands are touching right now, but the avatars are showing a thin little space um. And like, yeah, I can hear I'm like doing this with my hand, actually hitting them together. But there's still the space between the hands that I'm seeing here. So my very first moment in this uh, Vision Pro headset, I'm looking down at my real hands and they're bright. They're brighter than I ever remember seeing uh, my hands look inside a Quest Pro's pass through. They're brighter than I've ever noticed in a headset. And I'm, I'm doing this thing where I'm like, wow, whoa, these, these feel like my hands. This, and that's a light bulb moment, right? That is, and I, I, I've, I've gone this over this multiple times. I'm convinced that like, I think there's every likelihood people are going to go try these things at, at, uh, Apple stores, uh, assuming that Apple actually does this. And I'm convinced that certain people probably got the demo and didn't realize that what they were seeing were reconstructions of their hands. It was that spot on. This, this whole reconstruction system was done well enough that it felt like I was looking directly at my hands. And that's a magic trick. That's it's an instant magic trick. And it, com- it changes the discussion. When you, when you are looking, it's an opaque display. It's a, it's a display that blocks out the outside world. And then everything you see inside of that is reconstructed by by the system, by the chip, by the sensors. Uh, but like magic trick, right? I'm feeling like they're my hands. And it was fantastic, right? Um, it just, it changes. And I'm not going to do the debate. We're not going to do the AR versus VR versus spatial computing discussion here. I don't want to have that fight. But like, I it's- do... I do let's do
0: it right now no I'm <laughs> kidding I'm
1: kidding uh it it just felt so good uh instantly and then all right so the the demo goes on and they start teaching me how the interface works uh before the demo started they teach me how the physical buttons on the device works a little bit um but the the other thing I want to convey uh the big thing um is the very first moments in this demo, I'm doing clicks. And this is actually a little scary that I'm doing this click right now because every other version of this, like people who have watched us a lot, have seen me do this. And the moment, if I turn my hand over, and yeah, there it is. If I do that pinch maneuver like this, there, and, and I if I pinch these fingers together, there's every likelihood I get yeeted right out of this experience. I can't believe I used Yeet-It twice. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm keeping track. I apologize. I yeah, yeah, no. Um, I will get kicked right out of this experience if I do that pinch maneuver in the wrong ways. But like, I when I first get into this experience, I'm doing that pinch up here in front of the sensors because for the last several years, I've been doing that in Quest 2 and Quest Pro right in front of the sensors, right? And over time in this demo, I realized that I can put my hand up on the couch and pinch like this. Now you'll see, uh, I'm doing the pinch maneuver right here while looking straight ahead, the, but it's, it's not capturing the pinch perfectly. I guess there, you know, I put it right in front. And it's still doing a pretty good job over here. Anyways, uh, I was doing that in the uh, Vision Pro and it was perfectly syncing up what I was doing. So I'm looking around this interface I'm finding things to grab, and' I'm, I'm pinching them with my fingers and moving them over. And what I learned in a, just a few minutes there was to let go all of that training that the MetaQuest ecosystem had trained me to kind of make that pinch maneuver really visible for the sensors and i'm I'm impressed like that did a pretty good job of of picking the pinch up on with the side cameras on the Quest Pro, but it it just worked exceedingly well on Vision Pro.
0: I love Bertie's comment. And now it scrolls because everybody's talking. The point I think Ian is making is that there is a difference between doing something and doing it well. And Bertie, I think yeah. you're, you're spot on. That has been uh, Apple's uh, modus operandi for so, the longest time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You no, know, I love that, Bertie. You've got it. Uh, you've got it spot on. But there's also, if you want to put that in terms of both Meta and Apple, there's doing things fast and there's doing things well. Right Meta does things fast and they iterate and change, and uh, Apple does things, you know, they try to get it right from the moment they enter the space. And yeah, so meta does things fast. I How do you feel, Kyle, about all the changes that you're constantly um, subjected to by the meta ecosystem?
0: as a bleeding edge tech, person who loves iteration i mean being an android fanboy for so many years and loving the way that tech has gone from you know little things to big things i like the move fast and break things uh that crispy had just said here in the comments i like that um the challenge though is that if you move fast and break things but then don't go fix them uh, you leave a bad taste in in folks' mouths. So I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how Apple changes the narrative of the "move fast and break things" concept, and the "move slow and make sure nothing breaks" is is, is a much different concept. And so I, it doesn't bother me that Meta has done things. That has broken some things. And then, because I, I mean, I can remember when Ian and I went and did the, the hand tracking for the first time. And the devs, uh, what was that? I, I guess it was just a, an OG Quest that they were doing this with the hand tracking demo that we did. And yeah. they bring us back into this little back room. And the devs were there that, that had worked on it. And we had all, like a million questions. And we're like, what about this? What about this? And they're like, whoa, this is like super beta. Like this, we're working on it as best as we can, you know, will it come to Rift S? Will it not? You know what? And it was just so, it took so many iterations to get to where we are now, you know, Ian sitting here going, Oh, there's still latency. But, but, but they had to do it like a hundred times to get it right. And, and I think that there's something to be said for that. You know, it used to be, you didn't put something out until it was perfect, but there is no perfect anymore. There's always a way to improve it. And, you know oh your your users are your beta testers well i mean you're letting your users see the progress too there's another side to that mm-hmm. uh, that that conversation
1: all right well all right so a lot of wonderful context there for that conversation the thing so you you did a lot of defending there of the move fast and and break things what i don't what what gets me about that is um meta and before that facebook's system was all about tuning for engagement. They're, they're, they're changing things and they drop things only when they see a path to keep your eyeballs within their system for longer. And that's not the same as like, let's give you more utility in your life. Let's give you more things you can do with your personal computer if if you're tuning your system to keep people on it and more ads in front of your eyeballs that isn't the same that isn't the same end goal you're not like you're not iterating towards the same um end goal as as necessarily Apple or other companies are if if your <sighs> end goal is engagement
0: I feel like you're comparing apples to oranges, though, because (laughs) apples to oranges, I guess meta should be the orange in this situation. No, uh, there is still this core infrastructure that still needs to be fully built and fleshed out. That is where you want to move fast and break things. It's not like their platform, you know, Facebook was, you know, they're, they're tuning their algorithm to keep you engaged on something that already is fully operational so you don't have to worry about you're not breaking the 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 code base you were just tuning it turning up things up and down but we're still in the spot with vr where you can turn things up and down and those those switches don't do anything those toggles are still broken and need to be built so i don't think we're at the point where we're fine tuning it Meta's not fine-tuning. They're still building that infrastructure. Yeah. And and you are right, you know, engagement is a big deal right now. And I feel like there's a whole nother conversation we can have just about engagement. How do you keep people in the headset? You know, how m- just because I spent four hours this morning playing What the Bat doesn't mean that everybody in here is doing the same thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Good, Kyle, you're trying to you are know, trying to fight. You know, I've seen Greece, uh Greece saying groan at your horrible apples to oranges uh thing. And then you brought up what the bat just to trigger a few people out there. Uh Rudel uh saying Norm from Tester had more balanced hands-on impressions, uh in my humble opinion. He said he was not blown away by Apple's headset compared to $1,000 beyond. All right, so you're introducing price in there into the discussion, and that's where we get into discussing, you know, comparing it to Quest Pro and where that stands. Uh, Yeah, I I praise this demo uh, nonstop, but if you read the first, I don't know, one quarter of my hands-on report, I am... I'm crapping on a big part of Apple's demonstration, and that was what Apple called personas so uh, I think personas and codec avatars so codec avatars are what meta calls its highest end future facing avatar technology. I think that's the end the end goal of Of these devices. I think when we have a version of this studio, maybe it's by the end of this decade, maybe it's early next decade, I don't know how many generations it is uh, away. But there is conceivably a version of this studio where I look like me and Kyle looks like Kyle, and we actually feel like we're conversing with one another. As if we were in the same room. I, I 100% believe we will get there, technologically speaking. I see the pathway laid out in front of us the same way I saw the pathway laid out in front of myself from 2012 onward with, with face computers, just in general. And from 2007 onward with the iPhone blowing my mind with apps, right? Like realizing this is, everyone's going to have one of these in a couple of years. We will have these devices making us feel like we're having actual conversations with real people who are in the room with us. Uh, You know, the doorbell will ring, but it's not a physical doorbell. Uh, It's it's a virtual doorbell. And, you know, someone's going to pop into your space and and they're going to be here. Now, uh, let me do the let me do the Apple, the bad Apple uh, explanation here. Right. Um, last year I went to Meta's headquarters and tried out the Quest Pro when they announced it, um, right before they announced it, I was under embargo and they did a day of, they did a big demo. They did a briefing to explain that they're launching it at $1,500. They dodged the questions of the journalists over whether they're going to try to seek a profit on that headset or whether they were taking a loss on each device. Uh, they didn't want to make that clear, uh, to the journalists in the room. and I was let down by the pass-through quality. I was really let down by this this feeling that I'm looking through a cell phone camera from five years ago at the surroundings, even though it was a giant step forward over the black and white cameras on the Quest 2. Uh, I went and saw their audio room. I went and saw their most forward uh most forward-facing research projects. Um they had some incredible audio demos um where you would believe actual audio was happening really around you, but it was just a recording of audio that they had just taken and processed and played it back for you. Close your eyes and you feel like there are sounds close to you and far away and in front of you and bouncing off things. They showed that technology, uh, but they didn't show product. They showed, like, the what I'm building to is the last demo of that day at quest pros debut is they showed me codec avatars and what it was, was three de- a room with three demos. There's a demo over to the left where they've got an avatar that's been scanned by hundreds of cameras processed for days or weeks. And at the end of it, you put on this PC powered headset on your head and you can walk around this avatar, this person that got scanned and a hundred percent, it looks like an actual person who's instantly being swapped into different types of clothing right like with a with a button on the controller you can swap them into a different outfit and you look at this person and it looks like a real person standing right in front of you then they had another demo where the avatar was scanned by a cell phone and i felt deeply uncomfortable within seconds of looking at that person that was scanned that way there was something wrong about the mouth movements or
0: I think Ian just yeeted himself out. Yes, I uh, did.
1: I did the pinch. I did the pinch. I uh, got do myself that. out of here with the pinch. I'm sorry. All right. So then there was the Goldilocks uh, kind of demo here where I put on a PC powered headset. And there was a person at Meta's Codec Avatar's offices somewhere, I think, in Pittsburgh. Um, and they're actually they're They're around. They're right here. And it's a black environment around them and I'm leaning like this and the person's eyes are moving to follow me as I move as like I'm like they're actually making eye contact with me. And I had a little discussion with this engineer who had built this technology even though they were thousands of miles away from me and I felt it looked perfect to me. That was there was no uncanny valley whatsoever. This was a person I would feel comfortable talking to for a half hour. I wished I had that amount of time to do my interview uh with them and 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 really, the people who are working on this project, the people who are building these avatars for meta compare it to the invention of writing. They compare it to the invention of the phone. They think it's like Alexander Graham Bell calling to the other room. Uh, back in the 1800s when they invented this technology. These are the researchers building this technology, viewing it as significant as that, right? So this is Meta's technology. Critically, Meta did not show this running on the Quest Pro. They, they showed it running on a PC-powered headset. They don't have a PC-powered headset in their lineup, right? They have this, this mode that you use to connect to a PC. Um, it felt like a huge miss, it helped. It felt like you're in this room, and I, I'm I'm looking around, going, "Wait, why why am I not getting to see this on the Quest Pro? You just you just did a day of demos, and now you're showing all of our research projects. You're, there's something missing here. You you didn't you didn't connect your research teams to your product teams early enough to make this this this. Experience makes sense. All right, so that's the context needed to talk about what I saw with personas. So one in this, one part of this demo with Apple, uh, they said you're going to get a FaceTime call, and then you're going to do a freeform whiteboard. You're going to see a freeform whiteboard in front of you. So I get the the FaceTime call. I click join. I'm not clicking because I don't want it to get me out of the experience. And a person is presented within a square in front of me and they've got an avatar that is somewhere between the cell phone avatar that I saw at Meta's office and not as good as the PC powered high end one that escaped the uncanny valley and made me see the future of personal computing, right? This was an avatar that I'm looking at and there's something wrong with the eyes. There's something a little bit wrong with the mouth. It it looks really good it looks like it might be on the other side of the slope of the uncanny valley where this this is looking good but it's still in the uncanny valley for me they had me move this this window over to the side over here so the person is over to my left and then the person brought up a whiteboard in front of me and and i wanted to reach out and mess with the whiteboard myself but i couldn't actually seem to make any interactions work on the whiteboard um but the idea was to convey that I could feel like a person is present with me and we could collaborate. And I felt deeply uncomfortable, not deep. I backed off that. I felt uncomfortable talking to this avatar after a few seconds and realized that that's, it's not quite, it's not perfect yet.
0: So it's going to take me a while to get back up here because of the wonderful conversation that's going on in our chat. I really appreciate everybody who's making intelligent comments. Farmer True VR, he says everything that I want to say right now in a perfect sentence. I can watch Scooby Doo with Freddie Prinze Jr., but I still prefer the Hanna Barbera. And I'll tell you right now, Ian, one mm. day you're going to be sitting here with your Kodak Avatar—not Kodak—that'd be—that'd um, be crazy. Um, a Kodak Avatar that looks just like you, and I will be sitting here. Looking like, well, Scooby-Doo, because I don't want my avatar to accurately represent me. The whole point of this is that I can supplement my reality by filtering out – see, I'm meeting you halfway here – by filtering out the real me and putting in the version of me that I want to be here. Well, I mean – I mean, I'm sitting here in in you know just my underwear, and I haven't showered, and it's <laughs> disgusting. And you don't want to see that.
1: You don't no, want to see that in real no, life. I don't. Thank you for putting all that in our uh, the, in our audience's minds. I'm you sure know, all I mean, there's no reason
0: for me to. I, I mean, yeah. the, I'm not going out. I'm not. I'm not interacting with other human beings. I'm in the tech world, so I don't have to. But I, I, I want, and I understand your whole. like, oh, these. <laughs> persona things are you know the persona avatars have some room for improvement i think is what you're really trying to say here is that they still feel uncanny to you yeah whereas is it you know you could watch what was that uh polar express that that tom hanks animated yeah. movie with all those really creepy the creepiest. professional
1: journalism mr horace says thank you yeah yeah right well
0: you know uh you know the the polar Expe- express had terrible uncanny animation trying to get real people we're at a point now where we can do people real especially in hollywood and yet we still don't the stylized versions the stylized storytelling that hollywood does gets better reaction because i don't think people care that they they don't want it to be real they just want it to be all right representative so,
1: all, right, how, all right so i'm I think that's a lot of really valuable commentary. That's I love that perspective. Um, I went on between realities, right? And I appeared as my actual self in front of their 2D camera. And people are joking yeah. like that. So that for that setup, I grabbed my two two lamps around my house. Uh, you know, I have you. I've purchased actual professional lighting. I don't have them. They're 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 hiding in storage somewhere, right? Like I, I'm not actually have them. I'm not going to go and spend four hours to set up studio lighting to appear on Between Realities. I'm sorry, Skeeva. Company money
0: well spent. I can see. Yeah. Right. Uh (laughs) Yeah. Right.
1: Um, I'm going to. I'm going to. I have a half hour or 20 minutes to devote to setting up a an on-camera appearance for this this appearance on Between Realities, and it doesn't look perfect. Right. It doesn't. It's not ideal. Um, Their lighting is is there's there's shiny brightness on my cheeks. Uh, You go to a professional TV studio where there are people employed to do that lighting and to put makeup on your face so you look your absolute best. And you're talking about five six employees, uh, hundreds of thousand dollars of salary versus a single one time scan inside of a headset. And now you can look your best uh, inside of a meeting anytime you want. Uh, that's an interest. That's what I'm actually talking about there, right? Like you do the scan and you can look like your best possible day uh, versus, yeah. your, you know, just I, showing up.
0: I have to agree, Sonia, uh, here in the comments. People want both. Don't need to be one or the other. And you're right. It yeah, absolutely is. You, you so, need to yeah. have the options. Different use cases, I think, is what it is. It's a different use case. You need it for when you need well, it.
1: Well, and all right, then that, that brings us a little bit to AR versus VR, right? That whole, like, this is fundamentally a VR headset doing AR at its – it's its It's AR. Its VR that's so good, it looks like AR. Um, and I that 100% – on a the T-shirt. The, yeah. It's a hundred percent Sonya's comment. You need both. And I think that's where that's what the mixed reality push is over at Meta. Um, it's probably why Google backed out of things when it did, is because it didn't have the AR element. When Microsoft is looking at this thing and saying we're not ready for it, maybe they're also looking at this and saying, We've got to do the we've got to have both AR and VR for this to be a compelling thing. And that's the the takeaway of all of this is when you get both the market gets even bigger and uh, totally fair that let's say uh 80 70 percent of the time i don't know people maybe want to be fully immersed in their environment like there's a good likelihood that just uh dialing out the physical world and being fully immersed and focused on this virtual world with cartoon avatars Might be how people spend a majority of their time in these devices, but needing to be able to quickly uh, swap out or have people come into the room and then they're just automatically brought in are all features that kind of like, it's going to look antiquated to have never had them. There will be, you know, the kids that use headsets in five or 10 years, it's going to, that is going to be the conversation. Like, wait, you used headsets that didn't show you the environment ever? Like you were blindfolded yeah. sometimes. That's yeah. really weird.
0: Yeah. So uh, I do want to point out that somebody had mentioned, uh-oh, it's been almost two hours, and that's usually where our cutoff is. My battery, what's yours down to? I got to 20% oh, because
1: I plugged in for a little while here.
0: Ah, uh, see, I'm down. So I'm gonna I'm going to probably be lost here in about 2%. So, Ian, fantastic conversation as always, and I think that there's room for more. Uh, of this and obviously we will continue to share uh any news that we get on the website uploadvr.com so definitely go there to keep up with all the stuff that is the impetus for our conversations here um you know wrap wrap us up ian
1: yeah uh yeah we will be back at this uh please consider becoming a member at uploadvr.com if you appreciate what we're doing and want us to grow the team um uh, become, uh, you know, cover everything that you would like us to cover. If you think we've been missing things, we need more people to be at this. Uh, we, we pick off the biggest stories, the biggest subjects, and we move down from priority from there. But that means we miss things. We could use your support to help get there. And uh, that direct support kind of divorces some of our motivations from from clicks, uh, from hits. It lets us focus more on substance on you know I, I that's what that's why the screamers on YouTube and the thumbnails look the way they do is that's the easiest way to get engagement. But um we wanna we wanna play a long game and your support, direct support of what we do will help yeah. us. Go, go check out up our recap video or recap uh article, article covering everything we did in the upload vr showcase. We had more than 60 uh entries there. Uh please email tips at upload if you know of anything happening in VR and AR that we should know about. Um, we will have a lot. It's, so to, to be. To recap what's happening here, we're in the summer now. Things tend to slow down in the summer. People go on vacation to various companies. Uh, and we're, gonna, we're actually doing that a little bit ourselves. We're taking our, our time to leaves and uh, trying to relax before what we expect when we come back in the fall to be a, just a nonstop. A uh, bit of news. We're gonna have Apple release more details I think near term on like the mm-hmm. SDK, dev kits. Yeah. That will happen this summer. But then we get into the fall we've got Meta Connect event that's coming. And then we'll have uh, kind of like a mad dash as more and more info is leaked or shared by Apple as we build toward their headset. And, of course, Google and Samsung uh, have said that something is coming from them later this year. Yeah, but we knows? do expect that in the build-up to Quest 3 later this year, it's going to be a massive it's going to be a huge year there's so many devs right now trying to get their their ducks in a row to be to have the best product available as soon as Quest 3 is on the market and we're going to cover all that so thank you so much uh, thank you to everyone who watches us and share this link out get other people in here because uh, yeah we are we are in this for the long term you hear us talking about the 2030s we want to be here uh, a decade from now talking about these things uh, Kyle might look like Scooby-Doo and I might look like myself.
0: all right everyone thank you very much for watching we'll see you in the future